Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season two of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, October 31st, the year of our Lord, 2021. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, when you consider the mercies and the blessings of God, does your heart overflow with praise? Do you speak of God to others, thereby attracting others to Him? If we are not speaking of God to others and singing praises to him, then our heart is not full of God, but rather full of the things of this world. What an awful exchange, the things of this world for the glories of the eternal God. When we come back, we're going to talk about engaging our hearts to everlasting thankfulness. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Today, we are talking about everlasting thankfulness. Our scripture reading is taken from the book of Psalms, chapter 30, verses 1 through 12, also known as the third prayer, praise psalm. And I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along with the scripture reading. Now, reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 30, beginning at verse 1, the psalmist writes, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and has not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned from me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me 
with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Lady Psalms 30 is a song that many scholars believe was written for the dedication of David's palace. Others believe it was written for the dedication of the temple. For our study, we take the psalm as having been written for the dedication of David's palace. The psalm does not say anything about the house itself, but is instead focused on God and his deliverance. Psalms 30 is a thanksgiving psalm, and a and thanksgiving psalms are often related to laments because they are usually expressions of praise to God for having heard a lament. In our scripture text today, David is giving thanks to God for delivering him from a great sickness. So let's unpack Psalms 30. David had been gravely ill. And he prayed to God to deliver him from sickness and from what appeared to be certain death. When God answered his prayer, David not only praised God with thanksgiving, but he called on others of the Lord's people to join him in thanksgiving and praise because this experience was common among God's saints. David begins the psalm by saying, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and has not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee and thou hast healed me. David had fallen ill and his enemies expected him to die and were rejoicing over his impending death. But God answered his prayer and preserved his life. When I read verses one, excuse me, when I read verses one through two, from a modern day perspective, it is so interesting to me because we live in a scientific and technological age where we have sort of taken the presence of God and his intervention out of the equation as somehow being unsuitable for consideration when it comes to our own healing. And we have substituted God's healing miracles for the miracles of modern day medicines. But truth be told, medicine is not miraculous. Medicine is technology. And miracle or the miracle, even in contemporary medicine, is God. So when your body is stricken with sickness or disease, Pray to God for your healing. And when he delivers you from sickness and disease, when he heals your body, remember to thank him and to praise him. This is what David did in verse three. He said, O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. In our prior studies of the Psalms, I explained that the pit was Sheol, also known as the grave or hell, and that in the Hebrew Bible, Sheol is a place of darkness to which the dead would go. So Sheol is the abode of the dead. 
David was sort of teetering on the edge of the pit and crying out to God to rescue him so that he would not fall in and be lost forever. We see a contrast here between the Lord who delivered David versus his foes who were gloating even before David was dead and who were looking forward to his death. Note that David says the grave, not the pit or Sheol, because the pit would mean that David was dead. So what David is saying is that he had fallen into the final stages of his illness and was on the brink of death. This is what we mean today when we say someone has one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. Banana peel is often emblematic of uncertainty as it is oftentimes depicted in cartoons and comedies as causing people to slip if stepped on. The phrase is also metaphorically used when someone is dying. So what David was saying was that he was in a very troublesome, uncertain situation, which placed him at serious risk of dying, and that he was so close to death that his enemies could almost taste it. It is this that God delivered David from and from what David prayed for, what David praised and thanked God for. Here, if we we see the contrast between David being sick and teetering on the edge of the pit versus renewed health. We see the threat of the grave contrasted to the fullness of life. And we see David's physical suffering and prayer for deliverance contrasted to David praising and thanking God. There were many times when David was healed by God from injury or illness, including near-death experiences. But the idea of healing is broad enough to include a sense of God's help from any great need, including narrow escapes from death. And David may have very well remembered some of those experiences. After David thanked God, not just for healing him, but also for preserving his life, David turned to the people of Israel and instructed them to also thank God for restoring their king to health, saying in verse 4, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Recalling the great works that God did compelled David to thank God and caused him to compel others to praise God, which made perfect sense because the people of Israel were God's saints, his special people. David alone could not praise God enough. And even if the people of Israel had 10,000 tongues, it still would not be enough for them to praise their great God. Yet giving thanks was an expression of their remembering the holiness of God and praising him for his goodness to them. And verse five, David contrasts God's disfavor to God's favor based on his own life experiences. He says, for his anger endureth but for a moment in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. 
This is one of the most quoted verses in the Psalms. The point David is making is that God's anger is real, but momentary. However, his favor is everlasting. Aren't you glad we serve a God who does not hold grudges? God does judge sin and the sinner, but Hebrews 12 verse 11 says, now no chastening or discipline seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You see, the discipline of God is just for a moment, but his grace abides forever. This was David's testimony, having lived through many tearful nights, following, followed by joyful mornings. Lamentations 3 verses 22 through 23 says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Christian theologian James Boyce said, By itself, this passage could mean merely into each life a little rain might must fall, or every cloud has a silver lining, or you must, you know, you've got to take the bad with the good or cheer up, things will get better. But what David is talking about is God's disfavor versus his favor expressed in the experiences of life. His conviction is that the favor always outweighs the disfavor for God's people. This is beautiful. I love that. We also see the contrast between night and morning, as well as weeping and joy, where joy becomes a shout from the people of Israel who praise God following a night of uncertainty and weeping. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Thomas Horn describes this as, quote, the most beautiful and affecting image of the suffering and exaltation of Christ of the night of death and the morning of the resurrection. That is powerful. Verses six and seven is David's confession that the strength of his life was not due to his prosperity, but to God's grace. He says, and in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. He seems to be expressing the overabundance of confidence born out of a season of prosperity. Verse 7 says, Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide my face, and I was troubled. Archaeologists discovered the palace of King David situated in the great hills of Jerusalem. In verse 7, King David believes it was God's favor that made these mountains stand strong. Further, David testifies a former sin, which he links to his illness. And he says that God hid his face from him because of sin. Without the constant sustaining work of God, David was deeply troubled because he was dependent upon the presence of God fellowship with God and God's favor. In these verses, we see the contrast between David feeling secure versus being dismayed. 
Also the contrast of David enjoying God's favor versus God hiding his face from him. In verses 8 through 10, we read the content of David's prayer in a life-threatening situation. He says, I cried out to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Previously, David spoke of the Lord's anger lasting only for a moment and of his favor lasting forever. Here David confesses to the sin, he says, led to his sickness, which was his saying, I will never be shaken. This is an overabundance of confidence born out of a season of prosperity, which I mentioned earlier. David seemed to forget that he is only secure when God upholds him. This is a good lesson for us because here David is confessing to self-confidence and putting his faith in his army. We talked about this last week when in Psalms 29, some put their trust in chariots and some in horses in violation of the law. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 16 says, but he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses for as much as the Lord had said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. As believers, we're not supposed to rely on our own human strength, but remember the name of the Lord our God. David forgot this and put his trust in the numbers of his army. Now as he faced death, and saw no gain in death, he acknowledged his sin, repented, pleaded with God to preserve his life, and relied only on the mercy of God, saying, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. This is an appropriate prayer for a man of God suffering on his deathbed and under adversity. In verse 11, we see another contrast. The scripture says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Here David repeats the contrast from sadness to joy, previously described in verses 8 through 10. The mourning or weeping reflects David's anguish, and the sackcloth was worn as a sign of repentance for sin. To put on sackcloth is mourning. It means to humble yourself and repent. So the contrast here is mourning versus dancing and sackcloth versus being girded or clothed with gladness. Finally, we see the final contrast in verse 12, which reads, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. In this verse, God is glorified and praised for answered prayer. The primary reason God delivered David from otherwise certain death was so he could praise him. David sung praises to God openly, not silently to himself. 
This is a reminder to us of how silent we tend to be, despite the many blessings God has poured into our lives and the many times he has delivered or rescued us from hurt, harm, and danger. And Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If we are not speaking of God to others and singing praises to God, then our heart is not full of him, but rather full of the things of this world. What an awful exchange, the things of this world for the glories of the eternal God. As David considered the mercies and the blessings of God, his heart overflowed with praise. And he did in this psalm what we should be doing. He spoke about God to others, attracting others to God, and God delighted in David's grateful heart. As King David closed out this psalm of dedication of his house, he finished where he began, engaging his heart to everlasting thankfulness and becoming a worthy pattern to all prosperity. Prosperity as a descendant to Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, please send whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to either the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole or at GiveLify, that's G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y.com. You may donate to Broken Vessels hyphen mended and whole via PayPal at broken vessels mended and whole at gmail.com. Or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to broken vessels mended and whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at PO Box 34637, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Please join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. And don't forget to check in with me on Facebook Live at Evangelist Janice, that's J-A-N-I-S, Nelson, today at 12 noon Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you.